So good to be back from camp, to be in my own bed again. This week's been a reminder of a lot of things and um, it's fantastic how when you set yourself apart for an intentional purpose and then be in an intentional space, how much God is able to reveal to you and show you and and teach you and um, remind you. And there was something that throughout the week as Tanya and I spent time with, with buddies kind of helping them unpack the circumstances that they were in, there was a concept that was really significant that I really want to just unpack just a little bit this morning. Um, that I think is really significant in our journey and in our understanding of the gospel and our understanding of God. So I'm just going to um, read from uh, Hebrews 12. If you've got the Bible, the start of Hebrews 12, we'll do verse uh, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now this is a really familiar passage, a lot of you probably have heard it before. And as Tanya would always say, whenever a sentence starts with a therefore, you know it's actually referring to something beforehand and so you can't keep moving until you know what the therefore means good teaching. And so uh, just to fill you in, so you're not all sitting there anxiously wondering what the therefore is talking about, the passage prior to this is talking about faith and the faith of the forefathers, those who, who testified and prophesied and stood in faith, not quite knowing what Jesus was going to be, but believing and trusting God and, and the things that God had revealed to them, pointing to the future. Moses and the other uh, leaders of the Israelite people that had stood in faith and said, there's something coming that is profound. God is going to do something amazing. We don't understand, we don't know it all, but it's coming. And the foundation of this passage is that premise, that so many people beforehand had trusted God, even though they didn't see what what was quite coming. And it's a fantastic passage because it goes on, since we have this amazing cloud surrounding us this uh in their case the torah the 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 scripture that that brings to light the testimonies and the prophecies that had been declared um let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the weight race that is set before us so there's this concept of a race and obviously there's no analogy model or example or parable that perfectly explains the journey that we're on the life that we're living but in this case the example is a race running a race there's a a book that was written by a professor in the in the 80s James Carson he wasn't a Christian but he unpacks two and he, he doesn't call them a race he calls them a game two games that happen in life one is a finite game. It's a game that has a beginning and an end. It has very clear goals, very clear boundaries to the game, and it has winners and losers. Basketball is a good example of that game, where you have a start and a finish, how many goals you get decides who wins, game's over. But there's actually, this isn't games just as in sport or recreation type games. This is uh, games as in life, things that you engage with in life and so finite games can be things like trying to get your kids bed to bed at night 
There's a clear winner and a loser. There's boundaries to it. There's a time frame, a start and a finish, and you know whether you won or not. Yeah, that's a finite game. There's, uh, there's, there's other games that are finite. Paying the water bill is a finite game. There's a deadline, a date. You either pay it or you don't pay it. It's a game that has clear boundaries and winners and losers. Do you understand what I'm talking about, a finite game? The other one is an infinite game. It's a game that doesn't have an end. It's a game where the rules might change as the game goes on. And it's a game where there is actually no finish because the point of the game is to keep playing. And the winner is the person that gets to keep playing. An example of that game is a marriage, a family, being a parent. You never actually finish the game of parenting. You will always be a parent. And the aim of the game is not to reach the finish line, it's to continue playing. It's to still be part of the game. And sometimes it might not feel like a game, but in this analogy, this idea of a game is really significant. So we've got these two models of a game. A finite game that's fixed, has boundaries, and you know who the winner is. And an infinite game which just keeps going, the rules change, and to win means to keep playing. Now, I want to make it really clear that these two pictures are not specifically in the Bible. You're not going to find references to infinite games and finite games. But I do think that the concept is something that is very biblical. The concept is something that is very much on God's heart and God's agenda. When you look at the parable of the workers in the vineyard in Matthew 20, you have a scenario where the vineyard owner goes early in the morning and gets some employees, some guys to work in the vineyard. And he said said to them, I'll pay you one denarius to work in my vineyard for the day. They go, brilliant, day's work, labour, awesome. So they go and start working. A little later in the morning, he goes back and he gets some more people to work in his vineyard. Again, after lunch, he goes back and gets more people to work. And then with only an hour or two to go, he gets some people to come and join his vineyard. When he tells his supervisor to start paying them, he says, pay them in the order from the last to the first. And so the last ones start getting paid. The first ones are looking on and go, whoa, they're getting paid one denarius. Woohoo! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. We're going to hit the jackpot here. If they only worked an hour or two, we're going to get paid a fortune. But as they start seeing what unfolds, they realise everyone is getting paid one denarius. They go, wow, that's not fair. They only did an hour's work. Here I am, I've worked a whole day's work and I got paid the same as someone who got, did one hour's work. That is not fair at all. Why was it not fair? Because in their minds they had a finite game. They had a start and a finish and a set of rules and a, and a boundary that they thought they had it worked out. The vineyard owner had a different idea. He had a different model of what he was working to. And Jesus said at the end of that parable, so the last will be first and the first will be last. He's messing with their idea of what the game looks like. He's messing with their idea of what the agenda is, of what the outcome and what the rules are in the game. In Hebrews 12, we see this race And we actually see a potential finite game in here. Jesus came to earth as God and it reached a point where they wanted to crucify him because they hated what he was saying, what he represented and who he was. Now as God, he has the power and authority and capacity to completely change the situation. And the situation was he's about to die. 
But this is what it said about that finite game. That game that had a start and a finish and winners and losers. That he was about to lose. It says, we should be like Jesus, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, the one who set the benchmark, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, there's some games that just happen, but there's other games that you have to make a choice. Are you going to play the finite game or the infinite game? And in this case, it's very clear that Jesus laid down the short-term game for the long-term game. It said, for the joy that was set before him, he had a different agenda and he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That was his infinite game. That was the agenda at which he led his whole life. And this piece of the puzzle was actually significant to the bigger picture. In fact, we now know that he had to lose that game to be glorified. But it's a really profound concept that sometimes we lose sight of. And during the camp, there's so many circumstances where you recognise something in the immediate that is a challenge, that's really hard. Bedtime was one of them for some camp, for some buddies. Being rejected was another one for buddies. Spending the whole week of someone saying, I hate you, I don't want to be with you. And it wasn't them personally. They weren't rejecting them. They were just rejecting anything, the idea of being close to someone. I don't want to be part of that. And if you're playing the finite game with winners and losers and scoring and that sort of stuff, you're going to walk away from that week saying, what a disaster. Let me tally up. The motto of the camp is a week of happy memories, which you could imagine is a finite game too. Let's measure how many happy memories this child had. Did I win or did I lose? I can tell you, if you measure the camp that way, you are going to lose. You're going to lose the game because you were playing the wrong game. It wasn't a week-long game that you measure, you know, I got 52 happy memories and you got 29, so that makes me the winner. That wasn't the agenda. The agenda was the eternal game of these kids' lives. The agenda was a completely different perspective that is really, really significant to know the difference. Because it wasn't about a couple of happy memories over a week. It was about saying to these kids that your lives matter. That we believe the rest of your life is just as valuable as this week. That we want to reflect something into you to plant a seed that is not our agenda but is God's agenda for their life. To reflect his heart for them. And that is an infinite game. And all of a sudden, everybody cannot lose. They cannot lose because all they're doing is moving in the direction of where God's taking these kids. They're sowing in, they're adding, they're, they're bringing value and significance on a journey that they're just contributing a tiny little piece of. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, uh, second half of verse 16, I'll start reading. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding or reflecting the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Some translations say from glory to glory. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Time and time again in Scripture, we see the infinite game being portrayed and we try and squeeze it into a finite game. And God is much bigger than the finite game. And when Jesus was glorified, the infinite game that he was playing and continues to play, 
because he continues to be glorified, yeah? That hasn't stopped. That hasn't changed. He continues to be glorified and we've had testimony of that today. And the reason we testify to these things is because we continue to play that infinite game of glorifying Jesus. In Revelation, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. What's the significance of the testimony? It's the infinite game. It reminds us of what's coming, of what the big picture is. And this actually says we're in that same game, going from glory to glory. The same infinite game. Interestingly, it says back in verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Now, there's moments uh, where buddies weren't particularly bold this week. They were really struggling. There was one buddy that I sat down with and he burst into tears and he said, I stuffed it up. We were having a little play wrestle and my camper fell over and hit his head, burst into tears and ran off. He said, I stuffed it up. I've ruined the week. He's not going to want to have anything to do with me now. He really, really wanted this camper to have an amazing week. And yet right in front of him, the evidence said zero to him, one to loser or whatever you want to measure it as. I said, but hang on, the week's not over yet. I said, do you know what? This is actually a blessing. He was like, what? Are you serious? How could this be a blessing? I said, how many people have things go wrong in their life? Well, everyone, that's pretty obvious. How many people deal with those things really well? Well, some, some do, some don't. Wouldn't it be amazing if this camper gets to experience what it's like for you to go up to him and apologize? So I'm really sorry that you got hurt. That wasn't my aim. That they actually get to experience something of the infinite game that's not about hitting your head and getting hurt, but is about apology, remorse, humility, love, sowing into this kid's life and model of what it could look like in an infinite game that God's part of. It's a completely different mindset. And so often we resist things that we don't like. We resist things that hurt. We resist things that we might stuff up because we see them as finite games. We see them as things where you win or you lose and I don't want to be a loser. And so we resist them. We do it here on a Sunday. I don't want to put my hands up. I don't want to, I don't want to get involved too much because maybe, maybe people will laugh at me. Maybe they'll look at me the wrong way. A finite game that you cannot win. But if you walk into the room and you say, I want to worship my God and I intend to do that for the rest of my life and for eternity and I'm not going to let anybody else create a finite game out of the infinite game that I'm playing, all of a sudden you approach spending time here on a Sunday very differently. You can decide, oh, you know what? I don't know whether I'll go to Activate Group this week. I don't know whether I'll go to Young Adults this week. I might hedge my bets, see what my options are. Maybe there's a better option for me. Or you can say, you know what? I believe there's an infinite game I'm playing called community. And I value community. And there's going to be some nights that are going to suck. And that same person is just going to keep saying the same things they always say. But you know what? I'm not going to play the finite game because I'm going to lose that one. I'm always going to lose that one because there's people in the room. And the only time everything is normal and all under control is when I'm by myself. But if I'm playing the infinite game of community, they're going to suck it up. I'm not going to play that finite game. I'm going to fight for the infinite game that I value. Time and time again in Scripture, we see this model. The parable of the Good Samaritan is a brilliant example. In the finite game, this guy loses over and over again. He loses the time game. 
He gives up his time. He loses the identity game because he's hanging out. He's hanging out with a Jew that makes him look like an idiot. And then he gives all his money over to the innkeeper to look after these guys. He's a loser, loser three times over. But he's not playing the finite game. He's not interested in it. He says, I have an infinite game and it's this person's life. And I value this person's life more than what others might be playing with their finite games. And I'm going to fight for that game and I'm going to keep playing because it's the one that keeps playing is the one that wins. And I will keep going until this guy's life is back on track because I'm looking at this from a different perspective. I think it's really, really important that we understand that there's different ways of looking at games. There is finite games. You wouldn't be listening to me through speakers if someone didn't set up the speakers and the chairs weren't set out. Finite game that had to happen by 10 o'clock. Happened, yeah? There's nothing wrong with a finite game. They exist, they happen, we do them. But if that is how we view success, if that is how we view winning, that there were chairs set up, means that the day that the chairs don't get set up, you're all going to be really disappointed and feel like we lost that week. I would argue you're playing the wrong game. We did that so that the infinite game can be played. It's just a small task that had to happen because we value the infinite game, not the finite game. I have no idea why I wrote this verse down, but I'm going to read it anyway. Mark 8, 31 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Let me start making sense to you while I put it down. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, because for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words In this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes into the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You can see there's a clash going on here. Two games. Peter's playing one. Don't lose this game, Jesus. You're going to lose. Let's fight. Jesus says, you don't understand the agenda. We have a constant battle and our world is telling us constantly. Marketing and consumerism says, buy me and your life will be better. Buy me and you will be more secure. Buy me and you will have happiness. It's constant. We're barraged with it. Every single website, every single place you go, you're bombarded with an idea to play the short-term game. It suits the people who produce stuff really well. But there is a battle going on and there's a battle in our young people and and I saw it this week. I saw the pressure of identity. How many likes I get measures my worth. A finite game that you can only lose. I see it in what people wear. If you want to play the finite game, you're never going to have the money to look the way you want to look if you want to play the finite game. There's so many things that are pressuring young people and our kids and we're denying 
the reality if we think we're not pressured by them too. Winning looks very different when we play the infinite game as a Jesus follower. And I just want to finish by encouraging us to reflect and to look at the things that we value, the things that we question or we fight for or we get upset about. Because so often I realize it's a finite game that I'm playing when I'm upset. When that person cuts you off and means you're an extra 15 seconds later to where you needed to be, it was clearly a finite game that was not worth investing in. The number of times I've driven past someone who's stuck on the side of the road struggling. The other day I was driving down Kangan, whatever it is, over the hill there, Kangan Drive, and I was late and there was an old guy with what looked like his wife in a wheelchair. So it was in a wheelchair and he got stuck on a curb and I flew past and was like, gee, that looks tough. I was like, what on earth? Really? Matt, is where you're going so important that you completely ignored the infinite game that's going on here? A couple that that are clearly in a tough space, struggling, and your little infinite game of trying to get to a destination on time is more significant. Your finite game of trying to get to a destination on time is more significant than the infinite game of the value of their life and, and the circumstance that they're in. Now, in that case, by the time I turned around, they got unstuck and they were doing all right. But it was the 40-degree day. Like, it was a ridiculous hot day and this old couple really, really struggling. And I went, my first response wasn't the infinite game. It was that finite, I'm in a rush. And I go, that sucks. That is not how we should be. When Jesus says in Hebrews 12, this passage of running the race, he is not talking about getting to my destination on time. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. Interestingly, weight and sin, Pharisees and Sadducees turn it into a finite game. Yeah, they missed the whole point. It's not about measuring weight and sin. It's about letting go of it, which clings so closely, so that we can play the infinite game and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He modelled what the infinite game was like. And I really just want us to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to change our minds, to renew us, to refresh us, to, to help us see things in the perspective that he has. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for so many lives that were touched this week at the camp, Lord God. But Lord, that is even a finite game in itself because in this room, Lord God, there were so many people that had weeks that were significant to you, that interacted with so many other people that had weeks that were significant to you. Lord, we don't want to measure things in our finite way with hearts and minds that see things with our small world mentality. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We ask you to teach first, Lord God. We ask you to renew. We ask you to refresh But Lord, we ask you to correct and rebuke us when we think the wrong way, when we see your kingdom and and, and your things and your purposes and your will, Lord God, and the lives you created as less significant and important as the little games that we play, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask you to remind us in those moments that we might walk, that we might run, that we might pursue intentionally the things that are important to you the things that you value, 
the things that you've called us to and we've responded in obedience to, Father. We thank you so much that you provide. We thank you so much that you don't score the way we score. And we thank you so much for the outcome of this game is in your hands. We just surrender it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.